purpose is transforming the world of work and business. Those leading the way are values-based and people-focused leaders who see business as a force for good. Host Kevin Monroe explores how tapping into the power of purpose infuses your business with meaning and touches the lives of your employees while positively impacting the communities you serve. With the Higher Purpose Podcast, here's Kevin Monroe. Hey, it's Kevin Monroe, and I want to welcome you to episode 83 of the Higher Purpose Podcast. Hey, I'm honored. The tribe is growing immensely so. And so much so that I'm honored and humbled. You know, I've come to realize something. This podcast is not for everyone. And I no longer make any apologies about that. But you, the people who resonate with this podcast, are the most amazing people on the planet. And I am grateful for you and unabashedly tell you I love you. Thanks for listening. I want to thank you for the courage you have to live and lead differently, to live and lead counterculturally. And I want to thank you for reaching out, for connecting, for engaging in conversation. And there have been so many amazing encounters and conversations just in this last week alone. Gabe from Japan, Gary from the UK, Christina from Australia. We just recognize we're all cut out of the same cloth and are seeking to live, love, and lead differently and do that in a human's first kind of way. So a quick recap. You've joined us midstream, a series of conversations on humans first, where we're exploring what it means to live, love, and lead in a human's first kind of way. So to catch you up, so far we've had six conversations in this series, and there are another six or so in the works, and I'll tell you about those at the end. Soon we'll be curating all of those conversations on a special page, a landing page, where it's easier to find and easier to share. So here are the six conversations we've had so far. Last week, episode 82 was Claude Silver. If you've not heard that one, please go and do that. Well, I'll just say that about all of these. I don't need to call them out individually. Claude Silver, episode 82. Heather Wickman, episode 81, where we talked about the evolved executive, the future of work is love in action. Renee Smith, there are two with Renee. Most recently, episode 80, and then way back that started, all of this kind of thread for me was episode 50. If you haven't heard those about making work more human, please be sure to pick up both of those. And then Marcel Schwantes, back in episode 78, and Marcel is the person that introduced me to Mike Vacanti, and Mike and I conversed back in episode 77, and that's what really brought the lens of this focus on these human-first conversations. So about today's conversations, let me ease my way into it in just a moment before I tell you the title. I want to talk about simple. Simple in the way Einstein understood simple. Or simple as my pal Rich Sheridan says, skills you could have learned or should have learned in kindergarten, but don't confuse simple for easy. That was Einstein's point. These are simple but they're not easy, as some of these are incredibly difficult for one primary reason, that these skills that we're talking about today, actually, I'm going to call them superpowers in just a moment. I'll let you in on that. But these require you and me to put someone else ahead of you and me. And that's what makes this difficult. You see, we live in a world where most people are trying to figure out how to cut or skip to the front of the line. 
And what I'm advocating, what humans first advocates is shining the spotlight on others rather than stepping into the spotlight yourself and giving or preferring others have your place in the line and making a mad dash to the back of the line. Folks, that is countercultural. It becomes difficult. But it's simple in that it doesn't take a rocket scientist to grasp what we're going to talk about today. Now, why do I call them superpowers? Well, simply because calling them soft skills sucks. Sorry, don't usually say that word, but soft skills suck. There's just some really good alliteration there. Calling them soft skills undervalues the importance of these skills. Read the headlines and you look at how many mighty leaders have fallen because they sucked at soft skills. So I'm calling them in the human's first world or in the servant leadership world, I'm calling these superpowers. They're not soft skills. They're superpowers. The leaders who have these powers or who acquire these powers, and yes, you don't have to be born with these. You can acquire these powers. Those who flex these superpowers instead of flexing their egos are heroes and champions. They're mentors and role models. Now, they are far from perfect. They're flawed, and they're humble enough to tell you they're flawed. That's one of the things that attracts me and attracts you to these, what I'm calling, humans first heroes. So today, I want to share seven simple superpowers of the human first heroes. A lot of alliteration there. If you listen to me, you know I love alliteration. So we got seven superpowers of the human's first heroes. It just flows. Now, why seven? Well, there's the rule of five, give or take two. Seven's about all the time we have to cover in this conversation we have today. So I just want to get right in, jump in and get started here. So Seven of these. Now, I got to say up front, this is not an exhaustive list. And at the end, I'm going to invite you to add to this list. What would you add? So let's start with this. And some of these are superpowers that you know of, that you've heard from, you know, superheroes that you've grew up watching or admire now. So the first one that I want to talk about is x-ray vision. Now, In the human's first heroes, this x-ray vision works in a very different kind of way. You're seeing into a person, but not the way Superman saw into the person. You're not seeing their skeleton. You're seeing who they are. You're seeing through the veneer that people have worked so hard to project. And I actually started thinking this x-ray vision occurs in at least three dimensions. So it's three-dimensional x-ray vision. So the first dimension, seeing beyond the veneer allows you to cut through the clutter and the crap of a polluted environment. Wow. And the clutter and crap could be things that other people put into the environment that clouds the ability to see clearly. It could be defense mechanisms and protective layers that people have put up themselves. It's a mask they wear or a shield they stand behind. So many people seek to project another identity because they don't want you to see who they really are. And part of this is because they believe or misbelieve that they will not be accepted for who they really are. But A human's first hero has this x-ray vision to see beyond that, to see through it, 
and to see the you of the person on the other side of the clutter. So that's the first way you see beyond, you see beyond the veneer. Second dimension, you see into the heart and you see the real beauty, value, and worth of the individual, of the you that's there in front of you. The impact of this, of you seeing into the heart, seeing the beauty, the value, and the worth allows the person you see to feel seen, and that is of great worth, and to feel accepted as valued and valuable, of having something of immense worth to offer and to contribute to the team or the organization. And this allows them to step into the spotlight and to be seen. Now, the third dimension is seeing into the future. So all of these work together. It's seen beyond the veneer. It's seen into the person. And then it's seen into the future and seeing who you, that you in front of you is capable of becoming and what they are capable of accomplishing. So it sees beyond, it sees into, and then it sees into the person, and then it sees into the future. So this x-ray vision, while it is powerful, x-ray vision alone is not enough to evoke that coming out of the person and creating that better, brighter future for the person, for your team, for the organization. But it has to start with vision. Now, the second superpower of Humans First Heroes is extraordinary strength. I'm not talking about the strength of Superman to lift a car up off of, you know, the child that's trapped under it. I'm talking about the extraordinary strength to lift the team or lift your organization higher. Maybe like me, you have memories of the opening lines of the classic TV show Superman or one of the movies, you know, more powerful than a locomotive, faster than a speeding bullet, able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Those words just, you know, echo in my mind sometimes. Now, I'm not saying that humans' first leaders by themselves can leap tall buildings, but what I have observed is that they have the ability to lift teams, and individuals to extraordinary achievement. Part of this works in tandem with their x-ray vision to see into people and to call out of people the gifts, talents, abilities, and capabilities that exist. But it's also this, that humans first heroes believe in the power of community, team, and togetherness and they have this amazing skill and uncanny ability of making this happen, of allowing people from various places on the planet even to come together and to see their part in this bigger vision and to want to invest their blood, sweat, and tears into that vision so it becomes a reality. So the core of this might be, might be, intentionality. It's certainly not accidental, this lifting up others. Humans first heroes start every day with the intention of lifting up others. So first two of the seven simple superpowers, x-ray vision and extraordinary strength to elevate the team. Three, the third superpower here, 
and I struggled. What do I call this? You know, I was Googling the strengths of or superpowers, and I want to call this, maybe there's a better name for it, supernatural hearing. Now, when I say that, there's a play on words here. It's not that humans' first heroes hear better than others. It's their ability to listen and listen deeply that is or becomes their superpower and your superpower. Now, here's something that's really fascinating, and this is part of that intentionality, and this takes some time. The human's first heroes that I've known through life and admire, they value what you or others have to say more than what they have to say. While they may be the smartest person in the room, they don't act as though they're the smartest person in the room. They have this amazing humility that allows them to listen to others. And as one of my human's first heroes, Gary Ridge, CEO of the WD-40 company, you know, there are a couple of things here that Gary advocates. One is for you as a leader to say, I don't know when you don't know. Don't make it up. Just admit you don't know. There's also this belief that Gary advocates that the person closest to the issue or closest to the problem has the best understanding or insights. So tap into them. Ask them. So humans first heroes, they have learned and they continue to learn how to listen. Listen is not necessarily an innate skill. I know it wasn't for me. It's not for me. It's something I really have to work at. And trust me, I am not professing to possess the superpower of listening. I am expressing the aspiration to be a super listener. So a couple of quotations here that just strike me. There are two quotations that popped into memory as I was preparing for this conversation with you. One of those is from Lord Chesterfield that many a person would rather you heard their story than grant their request. Now think about that. So many times leaders think that people are coming to them wanting their ear to influence them. And often all they want is to be heard. Because there's so many people that are like me, possibly like you, that are verbal processors, and we just need a sounding board, a wise, reflective sounding board, somebody to engage us in the conversation and listen. The second quotation on listening, this is one I use so frequently in conversation and sessions I'm doing where we're talking about listening, and it comes from a Canadian journalist, Richard Ford, and he said something to this effect. I'm paraphrasing here. When people realize they are being listened to, they tell you things. Now, there's something that really has to happen, not just for you to be listening, but for you to be listening so intently that the person to whom you are listening gets that you are listening, gets that you understand, that you really care. And when that happens, they open up and tell you things. Now, if you want to improve your listening, I want to recommend a book. It was a book I received as a gift last year. It actually led to a friendship and led to a fascinating podcast conversation. The book is Deep Listening by Oscar Tremboli. You can 
dig out, we'll put it in the show notes here, episode 57 of the Higher Purpose podcast, where I had this amazing conversation, and it's a very different kind of conversation on the podcast because there's a lot of silence. Because if you're really listening, folks, there are moments of silence where you're taking in what you heard before you immediately respond. You know, so that goes to the other quotation I could enter here from Stephen Covey. Most people listen with an intent to reply, not an intent to understand. So if you're really listening with an intent to understand, the moment the person stops talking, there is a pause because you're still processing what they said. Now, the other thing, a couple of things, there's so many rich things that came out of this conversation in Oscar's book, but one of those, for you and I to really enter in and listen, the first thing that you and I have to do is quiet the conversation that's already going on in our minds. So many of us today, there's just this soundtrack running in your mind. It may be of the meeting you just left. It may be of what's happening at the end of the day that you're preparing for. It may be any of these multitudes of things, but you quiet your mind. And the best way to do that that Oscar advocates is breathing. For as little as five, 10 seconds, pause, breathe, Collect your thoughts, quiet your mind, and make it your intent to listen to the person in front of you. The fourth simple superpower, and honestly, I didn't know this word. I mean, it's a word that you figure out when you hear it, but I was Googling, you know, trying to find some really good labels for these, and yeah, I'm honest enough to tell you that. So this is claircognizance. What comes to mind when you think of claircognizance? Maybe you know some of the superheroes from the Superhero Hall of Fame that have that. But claircognizance is the ability to gain information through intrinsic means. It's the amazing ability to pull out of others or pull out of you things you didn't even know were there or things you didn't realize you were capable of doing or who you were capable of becoming. Now, how does a human's first hero do this? Well, they combine their x-ray vision of seeing something in you that you didn't see in yourself, and then they awaken you to it or awaken it in you. And often, they do this through the tools of conversation. And in that conversation, they're using the superpower of inquiry, asking amazing questions that help you cut through the clutter in your mind or your heart and be able to penetrate to the heart of the matter. Now, the human's first hero, they've already seen something that you don't yet see, but this claircognizance is helping you to see it or to begin to glimpse it as a possibility for yourself. So, All the while that they are doing this, they are increasing your capacity and your confidence that you could actually do this or become who they see you as capable of becoming. So that when you arrive at one of these moments, it's as Lao Tzu said, you know, the really great leaders lead people in such a way so that when they have amazing accomplishment, they say, we did this ourselves. So there's just this curiosity that fuels or creates the atmosphere for conversation and leads a human's first hero to rely on inquiry to do more asking than telling. 
Einstein, I started this whole thing talking about Einstein and his approach to simple. Einstein, as brilliant as he was, he said, I have no special talents. I'm only passionately curious. I believe humans' first heroes are passionately curious too. And then another bit of wisdom from the ancients, Voltaire said, judge a man by his questions rather than his answers. So it questions Humans' first heroes realize, they understand that questions are one of their greatest tools for unleashing the brilliance in others, and that questions affect the brain differently. Now, I can make a statement all day, and it can just kind of roll off you the way water rolls off a duck's back. But when I ask you a question, so let me ask you a question now. Who is a human's first hero you admire for their ability to use questions and inquiry to uncover what others aren't yet seeing? Now, the moment a question is asked, it triggers a mental reflex known as instinctive elaboration. So it takes over the brain for you to have to answer the question before your brain can release it or release you to contemplate something else. So I hope you understand this. A little bunny trail. You know I love bunny trails. Neuroscience is showing we can't multitask. We don't multitask. When we think we do, we're really fast shifting between tasks, and we're losing capacity and capability in the process. So your brain use questions to draw people in and engage them in the conversation in a way that they wouldn't otherwise engage. And that brings us to the fifth simple superpower of humans' first heroes. You know how Spider-Man flies through the air and weaves these webs, shoots these webs everywhere, and you know just does all of these amazing things with his webs? Well, humans' first heroes have the superpower of weaving relational webs. They are connectivity queens and kings. And they just have this amazing way of drawing people into their orbit and connecting people out of their orbit and just spreading this wide web of connectivity. And you know this, if you have the superpower of connectivity, you cannot not connect people. You just have to connect people. You meet someone and you're like, oh my gosh, you need to know this person over here. So you're always doing this connectivity. And people with this superpower of connection, this weaving webs, are always drawing people in. You know, I think of ways this expresses, and one of the most simple ways to draw people in, we already talked about this, seeing them as people, valuing them, getting to know something about them, knowing their name. Years ago, I was leading a leadership program for this global group I'm blessed to do every year, and I think this was the 2016 cohort. And we had asked the question, and I had invited people to think of a leader they knew and what was something they admired in a leader that they would love to see extended in their leadership. And a lady from Norway, Moretta, she was like, Kevin, I don't quite understand the question. So I go over and we engage in this conversation. And I said, just think of somebody, somebody that's done something, something extraordinary that just wowed you with their leadership. And immediately it came to her. She was joining a company, 
and it was a few months process before she would transition out of her current job and into the new job. She's at her first meeting while she's still in this transition period, and the division chief, the head of that division, walked up to her and called her by name. And what stood out to her was he knew me by name. He knew my name was exactly what she said. Now, folks, that is someone with this superpower of connectivity. They know your name before you ever even join the organization. They know your face. And somehow when they walk up to you and engage you in conversation, you are drawn into the warmth. You're drawn into the web and they help connect you to others. So this allowing everyone, and I love this in the conversation with Claude last week in episode 82. You know, just as you're passing, whether she said in the break room or the bathroom, just have these moments of connectivity that you really pause, you see someone, you connect with them, And even more important, you help them connect with others. So this whole idea of weaving webs and these webs being far and wide and everyone feeling connected to that web, that is a superpower. All right, the number six, the sixth superpower. And I struggled with actually what to call this. And this is probably isn't the best name. Maybe some of you can help me with a better name for this. But I want to just talk about it's a superpower of suspending time. And now I don't mean literally suspending time, but uh, Humans First Heroes have this uncanny ability of being present in the moment. And as they are present in the moment, they make magic in those moments. Every day, you and I have the opportunity to see and seize moments or miss moments. And when you see the moment, you know, it's kind of like in some of those movies where it just kind of goes into super slow motion. You look some way, you turn your attention, your eye meets someone else's eye. In that moment, it's like all time slows down. It suspends. And you and that other person have a moment. You have a connection, what I was just talking about. You have a connection in that moment. You've entered a flow state. You see an opportunity or the opportunity just seizes you and you make magic in that moment. You make magic in the mundane. And the thing that I came to realize a few years ago, little things matter most and you never know which little thing will matter most to whom, when. So just do the little things. The little things may cause time to suspend. You know, I can think of folks I know that I admire for this, and a CEO I know. And this was the observation of a coach that was working with the CEO on a book project. And the coach was the one that brought this out. He asked me, had I ever walked the halls with Cheryl? And he said, as he did, he noticed where he walked the halls with many CEOs. A lot of those CEOs, as he was walking the hall and they would see people, people would divert their gaze. They would look down, they would look away. But when he walked the halls with Cheryl, people looked, they were drawn in, they wanted to make contact. And they would stop just momentarily, like what Claude was talking about last week. Just these simple moments of deep connection had a way to suspend time 
and it made magic in the moment, magic in the mundane. So I want to invite you to think about how can you develop that superpower of suspending time. That means putting all else on hold and recognizing that the opportunity that's before you right now is an incredible opportunity, and it's an opportunity to make magic in this moment and magic in the mundane. Don't miss it. The seventh superpower. Humans' first heroes have supersized hearts and enhanced extraordinary empathy. Oh, the triple E, enhanced extraordinary empathy. They are the opposite of the Grinch. You remember the Grinch who had a pea-sized heart that was two sizes too small. Humans' first heroes have supersized hearts, and they ooze love and compassionate caring. And when you interact with a human's first hero, you realize they genuinely care for you. They're not conning you with a game. They're not just trying to game the system and make you feel cared for because they feel if you feel cared for, you will perform at a different level. Or as I have a nurse friend that shared, you know, the physician wants people to feel cared for so they don't sue him. No, 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 no. This is genuine empathy. This is empathy in action. It is having a huge heart and seriously caring for people. You know, I've come to realize this. Compassionate care is a superpower. And when people feel cared for, when people feel that love and compassion, they go the extra mile, not out of compulsion, but out of a response, out of reciprocity to the love and compassionate care. Well, there you have it. Seven simple superpowers of humans' first heroes. Try saying that four or five times quick together. But before we go, let me just invite you to grow this list. This is far from a complete list. These are just seven that I wanted to use to start the conversation, get the wheels turning in your mind and your imagination. And I want to invite you to help me grow this list. And uh, if you respond, we grow this list. On a few weeks, I'll publish the extended list of simple superpowers of humans' first heroes. So here's the question for you. What would you add and why? So maybe you look at it and you think, who's someone you admire for just having some kind of extraordinary capacity to engage people in a humans' first or a human-centric way of living loving, and leading. What's that superpower you see at work in them and why? How would you describe it and what's the impact of it? So you can email me. You know this, Kevin at higherpurposepodcast.com. Call me at 678-744-5111. Hey, before we go, let me share a couple of other thoughts with you. One, if you're really interested in expanding your capacity, your superpowers as a human's first leader, well, I've got an opportunity for you. We've launched the Humans First Book Club, and you can join now. You'll hear more about it in just a moment. You can become a founding member now. We're getting together in just a few weeks for our very first meeting, very first book. The first book we're covering is Leadership and Self-Deception. You don't want to miss that, so join us for that. And then I want to give you coming attractions. I promise this up front. I want to make sure I deliver coming attractions that are in the queue as we continue exploring what it means to live, love, and lead in a human's first way. Brooke Errol should be the next conversation. Brooke and I are going to connect and talk about the future of work. Brooke is the author of Create a Life You Love. 
and she is a future of work expert. And we connected a few weeks ago in conversation and just kind of outlined what we could do in our conversation together. It's going to be amazing. And then Cecil Purr from Switzerland. Cecil and I've connected recently and been in conversation. We've got an amazing conversation coming your way. Now, I'm currently in a conference, and two of the upcoming guests are also in this conference. So we've had the opportunity to engage in conversation together. That's Kimberly Davis, author of Brave Leadership, and Heather Younger, author of Seven Intuitive Laws of Employee Loyalty. So all of that is heading your way. Thanks again for joining me today. Thanks for the extraordinary way you live, love, and lead with purpose and put other people first. Have an amazing day. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Higher Purpose Podcast. Are you wanting to grow as a human's first leader and connect in meaningful conversation with other human's first leaders? Join the Human's First Book Club, where they dive deep into a book a month and engage the authors in conversation. Go to humansfirstbookclub.com.